We're going to continue on kind of in the series of uh, um, when heaven invaded earth. And uh, I was kind of tapped on the shoulder a few days ago. Like once we found out Mike wouldn't be here, they said, tag, you're it. So uh, here I am. Yeah, hey, hey, hey. Amen. Um, you know, so I prepped all weekend. <laughs> uh, it's a little joke. Prepped all weekend. And, uh, you know, this morning... Uh, it was just as I was getting ready to come here in, in the wee hours of the morning, I just felt God drop something in my spirit for this morning. And it was that, um, you know, uh, I, I've, got a, I've got a Christmas sermon, if you will, all ready to go, and we're going to kind of go through that. But God uh, just spoke to me very clearly and said, there's so much more for Risen King this morning. He has so much more in store than just coming to church, hearing the Christmas story and going home. I'm not saying that's not good. Christmas story is amazing. But God uh, is here this morning to meet with us. Amen. I believe his manifest presence is here in this room. I believe the Holy Spirit's here. And specifically, I believe he's here for healing, for physical healing. And so what I'm going to do is kind of go through the sermon that I prepared Uh, But I'm going to go through it pretty quick because I want to allow time at the end for the Holy Spirit to move and to see what he wants to do. But I wanted to let you know from the beginning, if you need physical healing this morning, you're in the right place. You're in the best place. If you know someone in your family or close to you that needs healing this morning, you're in the right place. And I want you to begin to allow the Spirit to speak to you about that even now. Let your faith rise because we know that God loves when we step out in faith. He might ask you to do something that's outside of your comfort zone. But let your faith build this morning and believe God for healing. Amen? So heaven came to earth. Last week, Pastor Mike did a great job of uh, sort of an unorthodox Christmas message and focusing more on who Jesus is, and he described him as the bread of life. And he set that up for us, that he is our life, that he is our source. I want to continue with that a little bit, but take a a little bit of a different approach or angle to it. I want to focus on why he came. Why did heaven come to earth? Um, the uh, The question is an important question to ask. Um, before we get to why he came, I don't want to spend some Christmas messages will just focus on this primarily, and I think those are great. But this morning, I don't want to focus on it for long, but I do want to just set the table for how he came, not just why he came. Jesus made a humble entrance into the world. Um, when you, you know, I, I'm driving around New Hempstead Road or uh, Main Street in New City, and I see so many churches with their beautiful nativities up. Some of them are just really extravagant and beautiful. And I always drive past, I'm like, oh, it's so peaceful. And I think in my mind, I've gotten to a place where I'm like, oh, yeah, the silent night was so peaceful and so glorious. And I'm not saying that it wasn't. Of course it was. But can we think for a minute the chaos, the turmoil that surrounded that evening, that surrounded that event? If you think about it, Jesus, uh, his mother (laughs) is a teenaged unwed mother. And she has to go to her fiance, the man she's betrothed to marry, and say, hey, I'm pregnant, and it's not yours. It's God's. Joseph's like, what? Uh, It took him him a little more convincing than just Mary, as we know the story of the angel came and convinced him. But this is how, you know, it starts out. Not the easiest of circumstances. If you know anything about the culture, you know that's like a death sentence for her. Um, 
And then, you know, Jesus was born in, a, uh, uh, in humble surroundings, more or less in a barn. Uh, not a kingly uh, entrance into the world, not a royal entrance, but a humble entrance. Not only was the, were the physical surroundings uh, not so great, but he was born into a region of the world that was ruled by a tyrant psychopath in Herod. He was one of the most violent rulers of his time, of any time. He had no problem wiping out people, whole groups of people, even his own family, if he thought his authority was threatened. And then he starts to hear rumors that the king of the Jews is born. And, you can, and we know, you know what that did to him. So Jesus is born into this region of the world. And then uh, when they hear that Herod's kind of out and after them, they flee. This is kind of funny and ironic. They escape to a country, a land that their forefathers escaped from. <laughs> it's kind of ironic that they go back to Egypt to hide for safety after so many years in slavery that their ancestors go through. And then finally, just to again highlight the humble entrance that Jesus made into this world, um, when they came back, they didn't come back to the Plaza Hotel in, in New York City. They came back to a tiny, the tiny town of Nazareth. And, you know, slogans are sometimes attached to towns and places. The slogan attached to Nazareth, nothing good comes from this place. And that's where Jesus came from. That's where Jesus made his entrance. I think this is so important to grasp. I, I, it, it made me, all weekend as I uh, prepared, it made me have such a new uh, appreciation and a fresh revelation for who God is. You know, you know we, we, we think often about Emmanuel, God with us, but then to think of these humble beginnings, and he chose this. He could have chosen anything. He could have chose to come in riding on a cloud of glory, seated on a throne, high in the government, a kingly, you know, whatever, celebrity with status, but he chose to enter the world in the most vulnerable state is an infant son, with all this around him. Isn't that awesome? Um, uh, I'll skip through a couple, because like I said, I have to edit myself to allow time for the Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, I think we learn a few things from the, this humble entrance. We, uh, what I kind of experienced and what I, was revealed to me this weekend was he became poor so that we could become rich. Um, he became nothing so that we could have everything. And he gave us full access to the Father. I think that's such an awesome revelation to grab hold of this Christmas season. And not just in the Christmas season, but at all times. To remember where our Savior King came from and how he came. And then to think that he chose to come that way. You know, so many religions, I think every other religion... They present it as, here's a prophet, here's a teacher, here's a good person, here's a, uh, a whatever, a priest of some kind, a messenger, and they're going to point you to the way. But with Christianity, God came and said, I am the way. He said, here I am. You have all of me. And he made himself like us to offer that to us. How awesome is that? Listen, I want you as you hear this, and we'll move on, but I want you to let joy and peace flood your heart as you hear this. This is a good story. This is good news. The Christmas story is so exciting. It, it changes everything. It's the greatest story ever told. Um, 
I want to address briefly um, just a couple of questions. Um, why Jesus came? Why heaven came to earth? And did mankind really need a Savior? And there's a, a very important scriptural basis for this. Uh, we know, of course, in Romans that the wages of sin is death. But I want to point you to, I think, maybe even a more important place to find this law, to find this relationship between sin and death. It's in uh, the book of Genesis chapter 3, all the way back in the creation story. Um, actually, a little bit before Genesis 3, we have Genesis 2. God has just created the world. He's speaking to Adam. He tells him all these things he's going to do. And then there's a big but. How many know there's always a big but coming? Pun intended. All right. You're supposed to laugh at that. A big but. Wow. All right. Anyways, it's too early. All right. So there's a big but coming. He's like, yeah, you're free to eat from any tree in the garden, but... You must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. God sets it up this way. Hey, this is all yours. But do not touch this fruit, this tree. And the wages of that, the results of that, the punishment of that is death. Um, Now, how many people are happy that the story doesn't stop there? That there's a plan after sin. What I think is so just fascinating is that God had a plan from the beginning of time. Um, Adam and Eve's decision to sin did not surprise God. Amen? Did not surprise God. He had a plan. I, I, I like to think of it like this, and I'm probably dead wrong, but that's all right. Follow me anyways. I think Satan... After he tempted them and they sinned, I think he had a smirk on his face for about five minutes. And he was like, look what I just did. Look what I did to your creation. I won. And it only lasted five minutes because right after God uh, finds out and sees and addresses Adam and Eve that they've sinned, right after that, he talks to the snake, to the serpent. He talks to Satan and he curses him first. But then in in, uh, chapter 3, verse 15, he says this, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. It's as if this, folks, uh, right after man has sinned, God says to Satan, Satan, your days are numbered. You know where it says, he will crush your head? Who is he? He is Jesus. That's right. You guys said that a lot with a lot more confidence in the first service. I had to brush up on the uh, theology there, Bible knowledge. Anyways, just kidding. Um, just kidding. If you're in the f- whatever. <laughs> Moving right along. Um, but I think that's just, it's awesome just to think that this is God's plan from the beginning. And Satan with that stupid smirk on his face is like, oh, crap. <laughs> Forgot about that. Didn't see that one coming. You know, the, the line, he was, uh, he, uh, you will strike his heel, is a, a foreshadowing of what Jesus will go through. Being beaten and bruised, tortured and crucified for our sin. Uh, there's such a powerful image of this taking place. You know, again, why did Jesus come? Sin entered the world. Why did heaven come? Sin entered the world. And the wages of sin is death. God said it. There has to be a death. And God, being who he is, chose to send himself to be killed for us and take on that punishment. 
Let that bring you hope and joy and peace this morning. But let's look at this imagery in Isaiah chapter 53. Um, such a powerful passage. I think a lot of you know it. I love this passage. I love using this passage when I'm praying for the sick. It's a, it's a line on the next screen that, that sticks out in my mind every time. But let's read it together about Jesus taking on our punishment. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. What a powerful image of Christ taking on our punishment, our sin, our wages. He took it on himself. Folks, what I want to encourage you with this morning and even challenge you with is that he didn't just do this for eternal life, which he did, and and it's amazing, and, and we receive that. But he did it for the abundant life now, today. It says, by his wounds, we are healed. You know, I claim that for Pastor Mike right now. For anyone I know, uh, my, you know, I have kids, four kids, or so somebody's always sick with four kids. So uh, I'm claiming this verse all the time, every day. And it's such a powerful promise to go back to. And you know, Satan hates when we show him the Word of God, where it says, yeah, right here, you're defeated. Cancer, you're defeated. Uh, clogged arteries, blocked arteries, you're defeated. Low blood pressure, you're defeated. Diabetes, you're defeated. Because Christ took stripes on his back for our healing. Amen? Amen. Um, You know, again, to go back to the question of why heaven came, and we see that he came for to take on our punishment, and we see that he came to give us life now. Um, it's, It's important to remember that the Christmas story is always tied to the Easter story. That without the birth, there would be no death. And without the death, there would be no redemption. But with Christ, we have this abundant life. I'm going to close with a a little bit of an analogy, and then I'm going to invite Pastor Tim up. He's going to kind of lead us in a couple of minutes on, uh, on where the Spirit's leading us. Like I told you in the beginning, I didn't say this, but I'm a lot shorter than Mike. Uh, But... um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, so I, I, like I told you in the beginning is we want to leave time for the Holy Spirit to move. And I do believe that he's here um, for healing. So this, this story um, I found fascinating. In, in the 1960s, I wasn't born yet, um, the Russians spent a, a, a shuttle into space. And it was this huge accomplishment. The whole world was watching. And Whoever the premier of Russia was at the time, I forget his name or can't pronounce it or both, but whoever he was, uh, he had already declared the country a, an atheist country. There is no God. And so he kind of had this little quip, this little comment uh, about their, their mission to space. And he said, uh, you know, we went up there, looked around, and our beliefs are confirmed. No God. We didn't find anybody. And uh, uh, C.S. Lewis was alive at this time, and he heard this, and he wrote a little response back. 
and I found this to be really fascinating. You probably won't as much. I'm an English teacher, so I like the Shakespeare connection. A couple other teachers might enjoy it. Everybody else is like, next. <laughs> um, but C.S. Lewis said, you know, this is not, uh, this, our relationship between us and God is not an apartment building relationship. We're not tenants on the first floor that could just go upstairs and take a look around and find the landlord by walking up to the next flight. He said, instead, our relationship exists more like the relationship between Shakespeare and Hamlet. And if you don't know, uh, Hamlet is a play written by Shakespeare. So Shakespeare created this character. And uh, he said, you know, if Shakespeare wants Hamlet to know who he is, He wouldn't say Hamlet, he wouldn't have Hamlet in the story climb up the rafters of the playhouse of the theater and take a look around and see if he could find Shakespeare. Instead, he would write something about himself into the play, Shakespeare would. If he wanted Hamlet to know who he was, who his author, who his creator was, he would write something of himself into the play, and that's how Shakespeare would connect with Hamlet, and Hamlet would know who Shakespeare was. Folks, we have such a greater God than any of that. He didn't just write himself into the play. He wrote himself in as the main character, just as one of us. He took on flesh, became a man with this humble entrance into the world, took on the punishment of our sin, conquered sin and death, crushed the head of Satan, and he's given us an abundant life that we can have today. Can I get an amen? Amen. That's exciting stuff. I believe that uh, the, the joy and the peace and the comfort of God is for us today, right now. Right now. And, and I don't want us to just obtain this head knowledge of it and, and know what the reason for the season is, as cheesy as that is, and that's great. But I, I want us to experience that hope, that joy, that peace, the salvation, and the healing of God. I'll invite Pastor Tim up. The story that Pastor Gabe just led us through, we all know that pretty well, right? Christmas story. If you're anything like me, I grew up in a very legalistic church upbringing. Uh, There's many people in this room that were raised in a Catholic upbringing. Many people raised just like me in a very legalistic church upbringing. If you're anything like me, this is actually kind of difficult. We find it easy to believe in Jesus and believe the Christmas story, and believe in the aspect that he came to save us from our sins and give us eternal life. That that can be pretty easy, right? Even though that's incredibly deep, that can be pretty easy to, to, to hear. It can also be pretty easy when we look at this healing aspect and say, this man over here, this woman over here, I believe in Jesus, and I believe in Jesus' name, you can be healed. But when it comes to us, we often have a bit of fear with that or uncertainty or a lack of faith or a lack of trust. But as Pastor Gabe has led us through, he has come to save us of our sins. He has come to bring us eternal life, yes. But he has also come to bring healing today. And that is, that is what Pastor Gabe has led us through, and that is what we need to enter into right now. I've been here since 7 a.m. for worship. We were here last night as staff praying for Pastor Mike. There has been a presence in this room 
Hopefully you can feel it. If not, jump on the wagon because we're going there. But there's been a presence in this room of healing ever since 7 o'clock last night. Got here at 7 a.m., didn't feel any different, didn't change. And now it's 11 o'clock and it feels even greater. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to pray. I'm going to invite the prayer ministers right now to come on up. I'm going to pray. I'm going to welcome um, the anointing of healing on this room. You know, the, the, one of the things about the gospel message, if, if you read the gospel messages, there is not a moment in any story that involves Jesus that anybody came to Jesus to ask for healing and he turned them away. Never, ever, ever in the gospel messages did that ever happen. Also, when people came for healing, never in the gospel messages did Jesus not know how to do it or not know how to heal it or, or was there something that was greater than he could do? Never, ever did that happen. And Jesus, as we know, is the same today forever as he was yesterday. So if you guys would rise with me, stand. I'm going to pray. As you feel the Holy Spirit, whether it's, if it's right now, come on up. Don't even wait. If it's right now, come on up. But if the Holy Spirit is tugging on you, please respond. Please respond. Because this is a moment. This is a moment. Father, we praise your name. We continue in this this presence, we continue in this, this direction that you have uh, uh, sent Pastor Gabe on, and we are, we are agreeing with it in unity and coming alongside and coming behind and, and, and pushing this train forward here. So Jesus, we, we welcome you. We welcome your healing touch. Far too often, we, we believe that this is just my card in life that this cancer is just my card in life, or this high blood pressure, well, that's just because my dad had high blood pressure, and his dad had high blood pressure, and therefore, it's now my card in life. No more. No more. Whether you have had habitual uh, headaches, or whether you, uh, your immune system is is just in shambles and has been in shambles, we claim right now the healing touch of Jesus and, and we agree that you are in it for us. You are in it to bring us joy and peace. And you have come to bring us life and life to the fullest. And Jesus, we also call forth your healing touch on emotions. There's many of us that go about with a, a battered heart or a battered soul. And, and once again, we just say this is our card in life. It's just, it's just what's come about. But today, I stand for myself, and I stand for the people here in this room, and I just declare that we are going to turn to you, Jesus, because you are our healer. So if you feel the Holy Spirit tugging on your heart, if you feel his touch... Please, please come, come forward, come to Jesus. Because as I said in the gospel message, there is nobody he turned away. <laughs>